Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. As we get ready for our services this morning, we invite you to praise and worship this morning with our praise and worship team and our musicians at the church. We invite you to join into the worship this morning. I say good morning on this good third Sunday in July. We welcome you to church this morning. As we have praise and worship, we ask that you praise and worship along with them. Praise and worship to you.
morning this man. Good morning again. Go give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He is worthy of all our praise this morning. He is worthy of all our praise this morning. If you believe he is worthy of your praise this morning, I dare you to shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah right where you at this morning. Glory to God. We thank God because he is worthy of all our praise this morning. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as again this morning we come. Lord, we come as humble as we know how, because we know no other way to come this morning but humble, God. We thank you for another Sunday morning, God. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you, God, to praise you this morning, God. We thank you. Oh, God, we praise you because you didn't have to do it, but you did, God. You spare us another chance to come back and worship you once again, God. And as we assemble ourselves around this conference call this morning, God, we invite you in our mix, God. We ask that you would guide us and lead us, Lord Jesus. Lord, you know what we stand in need of this morning, God. Oh, God, we ask now, God, that you would just speak to our hearts, speak to our minds this morning, God. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way right now. Have your way like only you can this morning, God. And we forever give your name the praise and the honor this morning. God, we thank you. God, because you've been so good to us, God. We thank you. Glory for what you've already done. God, we thank you for what you're doing right now, God. And we thank you for what you're going to do in the future, God. We just give you praise right now. Because you are worthy. You are worthy of all our praise. God, we say thank you and we praise you right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, God, and I ask you, Lord Jesus, to let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted in thy sight. For God, you are my strength and my redeemer. Let the redeemed say amen, amen, and amen. God is worthy of all our praise. Hallelujah. <coughs> it's been a trying week. For my family but God brought us through amen and we're yet still holding on and I pray the same for your family that you're yet still holding on knowing that God is able to keep us from falling amen as I begin our sermon this morning and maybe coughing a little so I ask that you forgive me but I don't feel like how I felt on last Sunday. I felt feel much better. So I thank God for his healing powers. I thank God for his anointing. I thank God for each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Who's right there by my side. If it wasn't for food at my door, medicine, whatever I needed, you were at the doors with it. So I thank you so very much for all that you do for me and my family. We say thank you. But God is able. He's bringing us through. Amen. So I ask that you bear with me this morning. Glory to God. As we get into the word. <coughs> so my breath is still a little short. So I ask for your forgiveness as we get ready to start. But if you will listen, God will have a word for us this morning. <coughs> he will bring that word. To Hallelujah. This morning. Our scripture is Philippians. Our main scripture is Philippians. We have other scriptures that will be coming from the sermon this morning, but our main scripture is Philippians 4. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, just a couple verses in your hearing. <coughs> Philippians 4, 13th and 14th verse. It says, I can do all things through him. Who gives me strength? Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. This is the word of God for the people of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And if I would use for a theme this morning, it would be memories can separate you from your life. Memories can separate you from your life. <coughs> This morning as we talked about memories and as we are in our homes, uh, uh, 
not surrounded by others, some are all alone, and all you have is your memories. But the enemy of the soul oftentimes uses our memories against us. He uses them to distract us from what the Lord is trying to do in our lives. If you would just follow along with me for a few minutes, you'll see where I'm going. We're going to begin this thing in Philippians. Worship is a very important in developing our relationship with the Lord. <coughs> God wants us to understand that if you are going to mature from point A to point B, Worshiping is going to be very important. Part of that. <coughs> God's heart has always been to give us as much of him as he could. Possibly give to us. But we must worship him. That's how we get closer, closer to him, is to worship him. Not just worship him corporately like we cannot do right now, but to worship him individually at home. To be able to worship him and hear from him and experience him Right where we at. Some folks were saying, well, <coughs> I don't feel like we're having church. It's because you didn't learn, haven't learned how to worship God all by yourself. You haven't learned how to get that intimate relationship with him. And how he begins to give us the mind that is in Christ Jesus as we worship him and get closer and closer to him. And as we get closer and closer, he can share some very important things with us. And we will be able to receive those things because we're in the right frame of mind. Sometimes when we get in corporate worship, we get distracted by the hoopla. But when we all alone in our worship space, all in, they're just you and Christ. You'll be able to listen and receive and hear what the Lord is trying to tell us. <coughs> this message today That memories can separate us from life. It's talking about the memories that can separate you from the life that God ordained for you. The new man, the born again nature. God has ordained a life for you. <coughs> But because you can't let go and let God, you find yourself not understanding. What God has for you. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that member can cause you to lose your salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. 
Memories can cause you to miss out on an inheritance that God has given you. Because you are so focused on the past that you are not living today. Living in your today. So many of us ask me, get around the television and no family members or just can talk to them on the phone, we start to go back down memory lane. <coughs> and we forget what God has in store for us for today. In Philippians 3, we look at verse 13, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have an apprehend, but this is one thing I do know, forgetting those things that behind me. I'm reaching onto those things which is before me. Our motto at Joshua in the next verse, 14, say, I press toward the mark for the prize of a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When Paul says, I count not myself to have apprehend, he's saying, I have not fulfilled everything Jesus has called me to do. The next thing Paul says is, I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. He's not saying that I've completely forgotten about the things that have happened in the past. What he's saying is that those things is his past. And I'm not anchored to him. He's saying that those things don't hold the same place of importance in his life that they used to. <coughs> Some of us read this and think that Paul has arrived. That he's at a place where he doesn't let his past affect him. But now remember, <coughs> Paul was circumcised on the eighth day. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, which would be today the men you would want to be with if you're about to face difficult folk. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. In other words, Paul was a Jewish scholar, and he was a Pharisee. But we know that Paul gave up what the world considered important so he could serve Christ. But when you know how your enemy works, you know that he's going to bring up your past to try to get you to remember all the stuff you did. All the good things. All the things that held you in high esteem. All the jobs that you had that you no longer have. The relationships that you had that you no longer have. The people that you knew that are no longer a part of your life. He will have you thinking about those things and longing for those times again. And when he does this, you will not be focused on the presence and doing the thing that God wants you to do. We gotta learn to live in the present. So Paul says, I know I have not reached a point in my life where Jesus wants me. But one thing I do know, I refuse. <coughs> said, I refuse to let my past, to let my memories cause me to forget who I am and what job God has called me to do. 
You see, memories, good or bad, have a way of checking you. <coughs> For example, I remember when I had this job and I made a decision. But sometimes I remember, as I remember the decision I made, I wish I could go back and make a different decision. And my life would be completely different. Do you see how the enemy of the soul has you in a place that's not good for you? And when he have you in that place, he dominates. I'm sure you all know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Most people who suffer from depression, they suffer from depression because of what was, but is not now. That is one of the roads that leads them down to depression. Longing about what used to be that's no longer now. So Paul says that his past is one area where Satan can no longer drag him down anymore. Listen to what he said, the Lord says. He uses two words four times. He says, memories pull you back into a past that will pull you into a place where you are powerless. Church, if you allow your memories to overcome you, you will be powerless. Well, how am I powerless in this place? Well, memories pulled me. You can't change them. And if you can't change them, imagine what it does to you on the inside. It's already pulled you in and now you're stuck. And all you can do is dwell on them. But you can't change it. Memory pulls you into a place where your emotion dominates. It pulls you into a place where your enemy can dominate you. God said, for too many of my children live in this place. The past. Far too often. The thing that interested me here is when he said, for too many of my children live in this place. He didn't say visit. He said live in this place. He didn't say pass through this place. He said live in this place. Listen to what he said. They find themselves going back in a place of time where the dead live and where the old are young. There's always a trigger that sets memory in the motion. For me, church, that trigger that set memory into motion are songs. Any song I hear from the 70s that trigger emotion that my mom was alive, my dad was alive, my grandmother, father was alive. Had a lot of dead relatives that lived in the 70s. So whenever I hear a song from the 70s, it triggers that emotional response in me. And when I hear a song like Family Reunion, my OJs and my mom and my dad are gone. And 
And if I'm not careful, I can feel myself being drawn in. You can feel that cloud kind of moving in. You can see those things that you should be aware of. I know that there are certain things or certain songs I shouldn't listen to. Your enemy knows there are certain songs you shouldn't listen to as well. There are certain things you should not be, be because there are triggers in your life that produces emotions and take you away from where you're at right now in Christ Jesus. Satan wants to sip you, sift you as wheat. But God says, I got you. You got to allow him to have you. There's always a trigger that set memories and emotions. And your enemy knows what they are for you. Your enemy can take you back to that time when you feel you were the happiest. He's been able to hide from you your true happiness that can only be found in Christ Jesus. Those songs from the 70s, I was happy in the 70s. There were great times for me. There's not only times when the music is a trigger, But there are times when things happen in our lives that are also triggers. Sometimes you feel like you just want to go back to that time when everything was great. Everything was working together for your good. But I tell you, church, when you respond to those triggers, the enemy got you right where he wants you. And when he gets you right where he wants you, it's going to be like a machine gun. He's going to keep his hand on the trigger. And he's going to keep pulling that trigger. Because he knows he got you right where he wants. But our Heavenly Father knows that there are things in your life that if you could have a do-over, you would do it over. But one good thing, church, that I can say to you today that our Heavenly Father does not remember your past. And it does not pull us back with those emotions and sidetrack us from doing the will of God. Look in Isaiah 43 and 25. I even, I am he that blotted out thy transgression. For this teaching, transgression are everything that God has not sold, said about us. Transgression are everything that we related to our past that are not godly. God has blotted out our transgression. I am he that who has blotted out 
thy transgression. Why did he do this? He did it for me. He did it for you. He did it for our sake. And we'll not remember this sin anymore. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together, declare, declare thou, that thou majesty be justified. The word justified means proven right. God said, put me in remembrance. God want us to remember him. He want us to remember the things that he had said about us. He's not telling us to remind him of the bad things. That's not his ways. He says, remind him. And when you do this, you are really reminding yourself of what I have said, what God has said about you. Says my only thoughts about you are about who you are and what my son has done for you. God says you have no past with him. You are always in the present. Said, you'll never find me thinking about thoughts about you that don't agree with what I have spoken about you in my word. You will never find me having thoughts that would make you feel condemned or unworthy or filled with regret. I will not do that to you. What father would do that to their children? I got to thinking about this when God was speaking to me in the sermon and got to thinking about some of the things that I've said to my children over the years. And that hurt because I had to have made them feel less, less than who they are. They're not those kind of people to me. But anger does that, ladies and gentlemen. Anger, remember that. Anger, bring out the worst in all of us. Then he took me to Revelation. Still talking about memories. <coughs> Revelation 12, and we are going to read verse 10. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of Christ. For the accuser of our brother is cast down, which accused him before our God day and night. We're not at that place yet. But Satan is cast down. But if you read Revelation, you know it's coming. He's still accusing us. He still gets to go before God and said, I thought. He says things like this, I thought you said. That now that they are born again, That they have your life and nature. They don't have to sin anymore. Did you see what Ram just did? The accuser's always going before the father, accusing and letting them know. Did you just see that? Not only is he a great accuser for our heavenly father, he does a masterful job with us as well in accusing us and making us have feelings of regret, making us feel unworthy. 
but because of the things we have done in our past. And the sad part, church, as we listen to him, instead of us kicking that thought to the curb when it happens, we listen to it. God said, Satan will always use your thoughts to try and steal, kill, and destroy who you are in Christ Jesus. But I say to you, the church today, don't allow him to use your thoughts. He took me back to Genesis 3 and, and what Satan did to Adam and Eve. He destroyed who they were in him. He gets so frustrated when he stands before me. God is saying things like, he gets frustrated because God said, because when he speaks, I can't hear him. God says when Satan speaks to him about you, he doesn't hear him. God will not hear him when he speaks things that are not in agreement with what God has spoken into our lives. So no matter what the accuser says, always used to tell my children it's not what they call you but it's what you answer to I'm only going to answer to who God say I am but so many of us listen anyway but you have the ability to tune him out If it's contrary to what God's words say about you, you have the ability to tune him out. If you are not what Satan say you are, know that God said that you are my sons and daughters. I made you. I know all about you. You are mine. And I called you sons and daughters because I'm making it personal. I want you to know that I'm here for you. He addressed us individually. He don't look at you for me and he don't look at me for you. So what we got to do We got to learn to make our thoughts agreeable to the thoughts that God has for us. He took me then to Joshua 1 and 8, where it's talk about meditating day and night in the Word of God. Day and night. On the word of God. As you stay in your households. As you stay. Separated. As you stay. Away from others. Meditate day and night. On who God say you are. Learn to turn to him. Learn to trust him. Learn to lean on him. Now Isaiah 55 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Some people 
have taken that verse and said, we don't know God's thought. Says right there in the word. That we can't understand him. That's really not what he's saying. If you go back up to verse. To see what he's talking about. Verse 6 said that. Seek ye the Lord. While he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake the, his ways. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. If the unrighteous is going to return to the Lord. Don't you think he's been with the Lord before? Don't you think that his thoughts were not always opposed to the Lord? God has us. We just got to trust and believe. We just got to trust and believe. And you can know when the enemy is trying to attack you. Because the Holy Spirit speaks to you. The Holy Spirit lets you know that the enemy is trying to attack you through your thoughts. You can know it. He is marching your emotion against my life in you. Don't allow him to get you caught up in your emotions. That you forget who you are in Christ Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth. That he will show you things to come. But knowing that attack is coming. Or that it's happening isn't enough. But you have to make the decision. To put in your mind of Christ. You have to bring into suggestion every thought from your past that causes you to feel defeated, helpless, and vulnerable. Nobody can do that for you. But if you spend time in worship, if you spend time with God, He will be able to bathe your emotion with the truth of his love. When you start heading down memory lane, the way the enemy is taking you, and the cloud starts to come over you, Our Father says, worship him. I dare you to bust out in a big worship and worship him. We read Philippians 4, 13 and 14. Paul says that he not reaches everything that Jesus desires for him. But Paul said, let me tell you what I do count. I do reach forth. I press. The Lord says when you make a deliberate decision to echo what I spoke in my word, I can bring my word to pass in your life. See, 
the kingdom is set up in such a way that when you act according to its laws, you will receive everything that the kingdom in this place where you now live has to offer. No exceptions. When you allow God to be God in your life, there is no exception to what you can receive from God. No exceptions. Turn to your neighbor and say, there is no exceptions. I'm able to receive it all from him today. Listen to me, your past no longer exists in God's mind. There's nothing about you that'll happen. Nothing that should cause you to feel that you're not good enough or worthy enough for God to show his love to you. God loves you. He has loved you from the beginning, through the ages. You are blessed more than you know. And your enemy knows how blessed you are. And he knows that you are sons and daughters of the Most High. But if he can keep you in that place that your memories dominate, where your emotions rule, he can keep you from your life. Don't allow your enemy of your soul to steal what God has given you through his son, Jesus Christ. Don't let him convince you that you can't defeat the memories of your past that takes you into that dark place. Remember what he says in Isaiah. Remember what he's declared about his word. I finish in Isaiah 55. Reread the verses 8 through 13. The Lord says, talk to me. Build your faith and know that when we talk, all of heaven is listening. I hear everything you say, and I will bring you to a place of pure joy. Where rejoicing will all you will ever know. Church, memories has the ability to make us forget who we are and what God has done for us if they're left unchecked. Memories can take you down a road that is hard to get back from. So I encourage you today that when a trigger brings a memory that can make you take and take you to a dark place, talk to your father. He loves you. He'll never, ever leave you by yourself. God will always be right there by your side. Don't let Satan steal your joy. That is the word of God for the people of God. Amen.